Alright, take a look at verse 21 of Matthew chapter 16. It says, From that time forth, Jesus began to show His disciples how that He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took Him and began to rebuke Him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But He turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. So notice how Jesus in this story uh, calls Peter an offense to him. And imagine Peter taking hold of Jesus and rebuking him. I mean, can you imagine uh, you know, just the audacity of that, of taking Jesus and rebuking him? But that is exactly what Peter did. And Jesus tells Peter, you know, he says, Get thee behind me, Satan. You know, he says, You're an offense unto me. And what I want to talk about this morning is how to not be offended by the offensive. So this is probably going to be my final week. I've been talking about you know, old-fashioned solutions to modern-day problems. And one of the modern-day problems that we have today is everyone gets offended by everything. Everything is offensive today. I mean, it's getting so you just can't preach on anything, you can't do anything, you can't say anything without offending somebody. And you know, and thankfully, since we started the church, I just decided from the beginning, it's like, you know, I'm just not even going to worry about it because I don't want to have to walk around on eggshells in church all the time. I want to be able to preach the truth and just not have to worry about it. It's no fun. I'm not a politician. You know, I, I don't want to be a politician. I just want to preach the truth. And I thank God that you all, you know, are good about it and you don't give me grief every time I say something that maybe makes you a little uncomfortable. You know, and you're able to put up with some things. But, most of our world is not like that. And a good portion of what you see on the news every day is who got offended by what. And let me tell you something. This week, I challenge you this week, if you're going to watch the news, Pay attention to how much of it is who got offended by what. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. And I guarantee you, a lot of what we're going to hear about tomorrow is who got offended by the halftime show. I'll probably be one of them that gets offended by the halftime show because I'm not even going to watch it. I'm sure they're going to do something that disgusts me in the halftime show. I'm already offended. I've heard they've got these you know, male cheerleaders now that they're adding to it. All right? I'm offended by that. I'm offended by the female cheerleaders. Okay? I, mean, you know, I, think, I think all this stuff is offensive. So, you know, I'm just not going to watch it. But at the same time, that's going to be a lot of the news. Who got offended? You know, some guys heckled the male cheerleaders. You know, they, you know, they threw eggs. At them. That'd be awesome. But people get offended if that happens. You know, there wasn't uh, some, you know, another white guy got the MVP. You know, we're, the Oscars, I think, are coming up. Every time there's an Oscars, it's always, you know, not enough black people got nominated or no homo got it this time or whatever. There's all this junk. All we hear about is who got offended by what. It's constantly in the news. Just this week, I, I saw in the news, and at first, I was, like, I was like defending the guy until I found out who he was. But how many heard about Governor Northam from Virginia? All right. Now, here's what you probably heard about. If, if, if you know, because you know, we all should be offended by this guy. But this is what I had heard about originally. He got in trouble because from like 1980-something, 84, they found a yearbook photo of him from 1984 with him and another guy. They're not sure which one is him. One of them's in blackface and the other one is in a KKK outfit. And people, Democrats, he's a Democrat too. CNN had him listed as Republican on one of their things that they did. He's a Democrat, but their Democrats are calling on him to resign 
because in 19, 1980s, he's in a picture with somebody, uh, one of them's in blackface, one of them's in a KKK outfit. And he's apologized and just cried all over the place, apologizing for it. And I'm thinking, you know what? Get over it, people. But did anybody else hear what else Governor Northam just said recently? You might have heard about this uh, abortion bill that they passed in New York, this late-term abortion bill. Let me read you a quote from this guy. Now, I hope he goes down. I, I wish he wouldn't go down for the stupid blackface thing, but I wish he'd go down for this. I wish this is what offended everybody. This is what he said. He says, uh, he was asked about the late-term abortion bill, and he said, uh, a fully developed child born in the third trimester would be kept alive but the physician and mother would get to discuss and decide whether to take its life or not. If a mother is in labor, the infant would be delivered, the infant would be kept comfortable, the infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and the family desired, and then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and mother. All right, This guy is just a sick, disgusting animal. And let me tell you, every politician that's for any type of abortion is a sick, disgusting animal. But what, this late-term stuff too, I mean, this, I mean, this after-birth stuff, these people are animals. I mean, they're worse than animals. Animals will protect their own. I, I got to think of something better than animals to call them. It is just sick. It's disgusting. But at the same time, you know, the blackface thing's not a big deal. I think, you know, this is what everybody should be offended about if you're going to be offended by something. But either way, this guy's probably in trouble because now Republicans and Democrats are all offended by this guy because of these things. But, you know, there is clearly an attack on free speech today. You know, we ha and we have a generation who wants free speech to go away because they feel like they have a right to not be offended. You know, how dare... You say something offensive. I mean, a pastor, uh, David Burson, is a friend of mine, pastors down in Atlanta. He was on the news this week just because he thinks sodomites ought to be put to death. Now, you know, I refuse to live in a world where that, you can't even say that. And where that's even a big deal. Everybody preached that back in the day. Our country used to practice that kind of thing. And now, if you preach the Bible on that subject, you get on the news. What in the world? I, we have an easily offended society. I almost called this message uh, how not to be a snowflake. Is what, I, what I thought about calling it. But this easily offended culture, it's a problem because it's rubbing off on God's people. God's people are often the same way. It's in, in churches. Congregations are often, they pressure the pastor to lighten up. you know, Because we don't want to offend anybody. And so as a result, the preaching becomes watered down. You know, I can't speak with passion about anything anymore. I've got to, you know, I've got to leave a lot of stuff out. I've just got to take it easy because, you know, God forbid that we just might, you know, hurt somebody's feelings. Well, I don't try to hurt people's feelings, but let me tell you something. The truth of God has not changed, but our culture is changing rapidly. And our culture is very easily offended. And something we need to understand about offenses too, all right? Because Psalms 119, 165, well-known verse says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Right? But we also read in Matthew 16 how Jesus told Peter, You're an offense to me. Okay? So I want you to understand, Psalms 119, it doesn't mean nothing will be offensive to you. Okay? But it does say nothing will 
offend you. All right. So what does that mean? Because offend, it often means to cause someone to fall. Okay. And so you can and you can love God's law, and you can still be offended by things, in the sense that things will be offensive to you. All right. So I think a good way to illustrate this. All right. Where's Where's Allie at? Is Allie? Allie, come up. You want to come help me out with something? I want to do kind of a visual illustration because the title of this message is How to Not Be Offended by the Offensive. All right? I want to be somebody who loves the law of God and is not going to be offended by anything. All right? Allie, just stand right there. I don't want to be offended by anything. So Allie, she represents the offense, right? The floor down there, that represents the will of God. I need to get into the will of God. There's things that I need to do, but often there are offenses that are that are in our way. All right. So Ali, I'm going to try to get down when I try going down. You just tell me now. All right. I'm trying. So here I am. I'm trying to get to the will of God. Yeah. Well, I guess I can't do the right thing because she said I can't. She's she's I'm offended. This offense stopped me from getting into the will of God. Now let me ask you: Is that an excuse? Should she be an excuse for me to not get to where I should go? Really? Should she? I'm her dad. Y'all get that? What's she doing telling me no? All right, now this time try to physically stop me, all right? You got to hold me. So now right, I'm going to get a little God anyway. Even though, oh, man. I'm, I, I can't do God's will. There's too many things in my way. You know, I've got an offense. Alright, now y'all laugh because what am I doing letting her stop me from going down there and getting the will of God? Okay? And the truth is, what I'm doing right here, when I let her stop me, I am being offended by this offense. Alright? But, but here's what should happen, okay? So she's the offense. That's the will of God. That's where I need to go. And you gotta try to stop me, alright? But here, I'm gonna get the will of God. And, you know. <laughs> Thank you. You know what I've got to do? I've got to overcome that offense. I've got to deal with that offense. I've got to get past that offense. But today, people, they have any obstacle and they just let it stop them. So understand, the Bible does say, Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. But that does not mean there will not be many offenses that come away our way in our life. It doesn't mean there will not be many things that are offensive to us. And when offenses come... We're going to have to figure out how to get through those things. We're going to have to learn how to deal with opposition. So that's one thing you need to understand about offenses. Because there are some things to us as Christians that should be offensive. I should get offended by what Governor Northam said about abortion. Not about what he did in high school or whatever. I should be, I, that should be offensive to me. But now do I, should I go and blow up a government building because of that? No, I shouldn't do that. Okay? I might feel like that. I might feel like punching a politician after seeing something like that. But is that what I should do? No. I, that's offensive, but I don't need to let it offend me and cause me to do something that's wrong and cause it to, let it cause me to sin. And so when Jesus is telling Peter, get thee behind me, for thou art an offense unto me, understand Jesus had a plan. It was God's will for Jesus Christ to go to the cross and to die, and Peter is taking Jesus, and he's taking hold of him and saying, no, I'm not going to let this happen to you. And you know what Jesus told Peter? He said, you're an offense unto me. Get thee behind me. All right, Get out of my way, Peter. I've got something I need to do, and you're not going to stop me. So just because something is offensive, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Some things should be offensive. Even Jesus 
called, told Peter he was an offense to him. But did Peter offend Jesus? Did Peter stop Jesus from doing God's will? No, he didn't. So while Peter was offensive to Jesus, and you could even say he offended Jesus in the sense that he tried to stop him, but he didn't offend Jesus to the point where Jesus didn't do what he was supposed to do. And so often too, uh, when you see a, you know the word offend in the Bible, it doesn't always mean you know to cause to fall. Sometimes it does. It means to you know trip you up or just make it difficult. But at the end of the day, when we're reading about it in Psalms, it says nothing shall offend them. That means nothing's going to stop us. We're going to keep doing the right thing. That's not going to trip us up. We're going to do what we need to do. So, you know, and when those offenses come, that's when we claim Philippians four thirteen says, "I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me." I've got an offense in my way. I've got something trying to stop me from doing God's will. But I'm going to overcome this thing, and I'm going to do the right thing. So turn over to Matthew chapter eighteen. And verse 4, so in a world full of offenses, in a world where you can be offended anytime you want, all you got to do is turn on the news. If I want to get offended, I can just go watch CNN for five minutes and I'm going to get offended. If I want to get offended, I mean, just I, I turn on the television. I was, uh, I was, some, I forgot where I was the other day and they had the TV on. I, I got offended, I don't remember how many times, just by all that homo ads I saw. I saw an ad too where there were two guys. Like, look, talking to a babysitter for their kid in a commercial. And I'm thinking, it was like, there was like two commercials in a row where it had homos on it. And I'm like, they're just shoving this junk down our throat. Okay? That is offensive. You know, and that's why you don't need to be watching all that junk on television. But uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 4. So what are we going to do? So I, if, I, if I need to get offended, I can go on my phone and I can find something on the internet that's going to offend me. I don't know if you all realize this, there's a lot of people out there on the internet that don't like Christians. I don't know if you all realize this, there's a lot of people out there on the internet that just don't like me personally. Alright? I keep finding new videos popping up against me all the time. And it's like, you know, if I want to get offended, I can get offended anytime I want. There's plenty of things out there to offend me or that are offensive to me. Okay? And so, for, if we are going to live in a world that's full of offenses, what are going to, some things that we need to do? What are the old-fashioned solutions to this modern-day problem? Because I don't want to be a, a snowflake. I don't want to be one of these people that are just offended by every little thing. Every little thing gets them down and just destroys them. But Matthew chapter 18, verse 4 says, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same shall be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such child, little child in my name, receiveth me. But whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life, hall or main, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the everlasting fire. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is better for thee to enter into life with one eye, rather than having two eyes be cast into hell fire. So notice the context of this passage here. You know, there, we should not let anything stop us from getting to salvation. There should, we shouldn't let anything, nothing, we should not let any offense in our way. If our hand is what offends us, the Bible says you're better off cutting it off. 
You're better off cutting off that hand and going through life without a hand than going and spending eternity in hell. And so if that's your offense, he's saying, get rid of it. But notice, this is what I want to focus on. In verse 7, he says, woe unto the world because of offenses. Okay, Offenses are bad. People who do offensive things, did you know that they're bad? They shouldn't do that. They shouldn't do things that are offensive. Okay, People that use vulgar language, that's offensive. Did you know they shouldn't do that? Did you know that they're bad people? All right, There's a lot of bad people that do offensive things. And you know what? Woe unto them. But look what it says. For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Do you know those people are going to get in trouble for being an offense? For the offensive things they do, they're going to be, they're going to be judged. But notice what Jesus said. He said, but you know what? They're going to be there. Offenses are going to come. Okay? There is no doubt about it. So let me ask you this. Why would I spend my time like this generation going around looking for things to offend me? You know, and that's what the first thing you need to do is don't go looking for offenses. It's like, I don't go looking for offenses. You do if you watch the news. Alright? And I probably, watch it this week. Alright? This week, I'm always telling people not to watch the news. Watch it this week and just see how much of it is who said something offensive and who got offended by it. Just keep, just keep watching and you're gonna see something about that and just let it show you all this is is just class warfare stuff. It's the way they're just trying to divide people, cause trouble. That, that's all they do and it's, it's disgusting. You know, and people, the thing is too, they'll find some innocent person. I mean, some guy that's doing his own thing. For example, a pastor pastoring his own church, talking to his own people, just preaching a sermon from the Word of God. Nobody has to listen to it. Nobody forces the people into this church. Well, he puts his sermons online. Well, nobody forces anybody to watch these sermons online. And they'll go and they'll find some pastor preaching a sermon that's got a few hundred, maybe even a few thousand views from people who wanted to watch it. And then what do they do? They go and they'll find the offensive thing that he said to somebody and then they go and show it to all these people. Hey, guess who this, what this pastor that you've never heard of said about you and people like you? And now all of a sudden these people are all mad. Well, here's the thing. These people wouldn't be offended. They wouldn't be upset if somebody hadn't told them about it. It's the same thing too. Every time we see these marches because of racial things and stuff like that, it's usually something that was done in private, but the news media gets a hold of it and they want to go tell the whole black community that, hey, look what this person said about you. Well, we were just fine. You know, everything was great. We were having breakfast this morning. I was in a good mood. And then I watched the news and I found out that somebody I've never heard of before said something bad about people like me. You know, now I'm going to go riot and I'm going to go destroy buildings and burn cars and all these things in protest. You, you all realize that these things that are happening, these pe- the people who are always the offended, the people who are always marching, they were never even there when the so-called transgressions took place. You know, even the stupid governor that I would love to see go down, okay, that picture he took was from the 1980s. And now everybody's offended by it, but only because a news organization found the picture and showed it to the whole world. Well, you know what? If it's so offensive, why are you showing it to everybody? Why do they do that kind of thing? I think they, I think they probably did it to distract from what he said about abortion, for one. 
But at the same time, they do that. It's just class warfare stuff. It's what they're doing to try to destroy our country. And they're trying to get us this, in this mentality where nobody should be allowed to do or say anything that's offensive. And you know what? That's just, that's just ridiculous. I don't think we ought to go around making fun of people and making fun of other ethnicities and things like that. But at the same time, people just need to get over it. All right? I love imitating accents. I do it all the time. And I always ask people if I'm around them. When the O'Hagans were here, I asked them. I said, hey, do you guys get offended if people imitate the Irish accent? And they said no. And I talked with an Irish accent a lot when they were here. All right? And he's, uh, he's going to be coming back here pretty soon visiting again. And I'll, I'll probably talk with an Irish accent a lot while he's here again. It's just what I do. When I'm in the South, I talk with a Southern accent. You're allowed to do that because they have the same color skin as we do too. And then you don't get in trouble for that. You do have to be careful imitating accents of people with a different color skin than you though. Because apparently that's a, a bigger transgression. But you know that's just stupid. All right? Folks, if you all want to imitate me, you know, just don't do anything... With a bald head, you know, illustrate, you know, don't, don't, you know, then that, that's the one thing I get offended about, you know. No, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But it's, you know, it, it's most of the things that people are getting offended by today, they had to go looking for that offense. Okay? A lot of the things that I preach or that I say or that I believe that are offensive, people who have gotten offended, they didn't get offended because I, was in their presence, said it in their face, or they just accidentally visited this church, and oh my goodness, I didn't know this church believed that. No, it was usually some dimwit on the online world looking for something to get offended by, finds it, doesn't like it, throws a great big hissy fit. I had one of these MGTOW guys. If you don't know what a MGTOW is, boy, he threw a fit about a message I preached. I never even heard of a MGTOW. But apparently, my message really hit home with these guys, and man, he through a fit. He was making all these videos against me and leaving all these nasty comments and stuff like that. I mean, I hurt his feelings so bad. And I don't even know who this guy is, but it was amazing how personal he took that message. All right? And the thing is, that's how that whole group is. They get offended by everything. They're just the girliest guys, the most sensitive guys. It's ridiculous. And you know, they... They do. They go looking for things to get offended by. Don't do that. All right? Don't go looking for things that are offensive. We all would be offended to hear somebody blaspheming Jesus, wouldn't we? So why would I go and find a group online that hates Jesus and listen to them blaspheme? Why would I go watch dirty movies where a bunch of just wicked heathen actors are going to be blaspheming His name? Why would I go do that? Why would I go looking for these things it's going to be offensive. I would be offended watching people bow down to idols and pray to Mary. That's offensive to me. So why would I go to a Catholic church when I know that's what they do? And you know what? We preach the Bible here, and if people don't like the Bible, they just shouldn't come to church here. And they shouldn't watch the sermons that are preached and put online. They just, they just need, they need to move on if they don't like it. So, we need to just not go looking for these. There's going, to be, there's going to be plenty of offenses that come by themselves. So we don't need to go looking for those things. You know, We don't need to go watching the news to go find out what we're supposed to be mad about this morning. I don't need to go watch Fox News so I can find out which liberal I'm supposed to be mad at today. I, 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 don't, I don't need to do that. I, I, really just, I really don't care. All right, so look at John 16, verse 1. So the other thing you need to do is you need to prepare yourself 
for the offenses that you know are going to come. Jesus said offenses are going to come. He, he said they're going to come. He warned His disciples in John 16, verse 1, He said, These things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor Me. Now, it's like, now why would Jesus tell these people all these horrible things? He wants the disciples to follow Him. He's like, hey, guess what, guys? If you follow Me, people are going to hate you. You're going to get put out of the synagogues. And you know what? People are going to kill you and they're going to think they're doing God a service. And did you know those things did happen to the disciples? Now, why would Jesus tell them that? Doesn't He want these people to follow them? Follow Him? But look what He says. And these things have I told you that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said unto you at the beginning, because or said not I unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. And then if you jump down to verse 33, and I'm not going to read the whole passage, but if you jump down to 30, verse 33, He says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in Me ye might have peace, in the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Jesus in this passage, He's telling His disciples about all these terrible things. Why? He says, that way, when it comes, you won't be offended. You know what? If we know that challenges are coming our way, we can be ready for those. If I know that somebody's going to rob my house tonight, I'm going to be, I can be better prepared so I cannot be offended or defeated. You know, I'll have the guns all ready to go and loaded up and, you know, be ready to do some shooting. Okay? It's, it's when things take us by surprise when we're, we're more easily offended. And so the question is, why would we be surprised by things that are offensive to us today? Our world is getting more and more wicked. In fact, that's exactly what the Bible says was going to happen. Said was going to happen. And yet, people today, they always act surprised. And it ends up tripping them up. It ends up offending them. But you know what? Jesus warned us about these things. And we, we know there's bad people in the world. We know there's people that are against us. And you know what? You're not being spiritual when you act like everything's just going to be sunshine and roses. Oh, I'm just not worried about anything. I'm not telling you to sit around and worry. You know, I think everything's going to be great. You know, God's got something good for you and, you know, all just warm, fuzzy, that kind of stuff. No, listen, there's going to be difficult times that are going to come. The Bible told us that there was going to be difficult times that were going to come. He said, in the world ye shall have tribulation. He said, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's what the Bible tells us. So we shouldn't be shocked. We shouldn't be shocked when someone turns out to be a false prophet. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 24, it says another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. Jesus in this parable, he's explaining how hey, the devil sows tares among the wheat. And you know what often happens in churches where people get offended? Is when maybe someone in the church or maybe when another preacher that they respect turns out to be a fraud and a false prophet. Well, let me ask you, why would we be surprised about that when Jesus said it was going to happen? Do we not think we're wheat here? Do we not think we're saved people right here? Well, doesn't the Bible tell us that Satan sows tares among the wheat? So if somebody comes along, somebody comes through this church 
and they turn out to be a fraud and a phony and a false prophet, and they're turn, you know, they're here loving on us and hugging on us one day, and then they're stabbing us in the back the next. Why would we be offended by that? Were we not told that was going to happen? But you know why we're offended? You know why we're offended is because we're not preparing for these things. We're not expecting these things. We're not getting ourselves ready. We're not toughening ourselves up. And you know, tough is almost a bad word today. You know, we're all supposed to be just sensitive and soft. No, we've got to be toughening up because these things are going to get worse. Look what it says in First John chapter five and verse four. It says, "For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith." Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. How was it that we overcame the, our sin? It was faith in Jesus Christ. Alright, our faith is what God has saved. Our faith in the work of Jesus Christ. And you know what? The Bible also says, the just shall live by faith. When we get saved, it doesn't take a whole lot of faith for a person to get saved. You just gotta believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You gotta trust in Him. You just have to have faith like a little child. But you know what? God wants us, it's His plan for us as believers to be increasing in faith. Is that not what He wants from us? We are supposed to be growing in faith. We are supposed to be increasing that in our lives. We should be strengthening that in our lives. And we do that by actually going through some things. By facing some things. And many people today, they never get over anything. Listen, we got saved by faith. We're going to go to heaven when we die because of faith in Jesus Christ. Now, since we were able to overcome that, and the Bible says we are overcomers because of our faith. Alright? I understand Jesus gets all the glory. It was His work. But the Bible calls us overcomers because of our faith in Him. So, if we are overcomers because of faith in Jesus Christ, then why should we be able to get over some of these little offenses? We got saved. We're on our way to heaven. Why can't we have faith when we're faced with a financial difficulty? Why can't we have faith when we have a sickness in our life, when we get a bad diagnosis, when something turns south, you know, goes south in our life, when things turn sour, why can't we have a little bit of faith? Why can't we be increasing in that faith? And we've got to, we've got to understand that's what we've got to do today because things are getting worse. The offenses that are going to come our way, these aren't, this isn't God giving us opportunities to quit. Okay? The offenses that come, these are not your excuses to quit. We've had people that have come through this church that it's like they, they come in here, they're trying us out. You know, uh, it seems like y'all got something here. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try being a Baptist out. I'm gonna try being a believer. I'm gonna try being a Christian. And they're just waiting for us to slip up. They're just waiting for me to say one little thing that they don't like. Why? So they can get offended and quit. Why? Because that's what our culture does. Our culture gets offended and quits everything. That's just, that's just how they are. That's how they work. We're not even supposed to put red ink on tests today because that's just too negative and it makes kids feel bad. And I had a guy at work t- this week whose wife is a teacher who's one of these real politically correct guys. He's all offended because they're planning on putting our numbers that we do work, our percentages, on a board where everybody can see it. Well, how's that going to make people feel who aren't you know, aren't cutting it? Bad. <laughs> Hopefully, they'll step up and stop being lazy. 
Maybe they'll stop hang, hiding out in the bathroom all day like a lot of these people do. Stop standing around talking and maybe get some work. If everybody can look on a board and say, hey, look who the slowest person in the group is. I tell you what, I ain't going to let that be me. You know, oh, that, that's just offensive. Yeah, well, hopefully it will offend some of these people out the door because that's, that's where they need to go. That's our mentality. And people will quit over that. Welcome to 2019 United States of America. They will quit over something like that. And you know what? I say good riddance to those people. And I say good riddance to these people that want to come through here and are just waiting to get offended by something, just waiting for me to say something wrong, waiting for me to call somebody a mean name, waiting you know, to lose a temper, waiting for somebody in the church to snub them or not do things right. You know what? Good riddance is the way, way I look at it. That is because that's ridiculous. We do not need that. People have got to toughen up. It's time that we toughen up and stop letting every little thing get to us. Look what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Because this is, this is what we've got to do. We've got to prepare. We've got to be a person of faith, overcome the offenses. We've got to toughen up and stop letting every little thing get to you. I can't let a little girl be an offense to me. And a little girl that's smaller than me, weaker than me, stop me from doing what I need to do. And we've got people today that are letting every little challenge in this life, every little principality and power that's out there, defeat them when supposedly they have Jesus Christ on their side. And yet, everything offends them. Everything stops them from doing what they're supposed to do. It says in 2 Timothy 2.3, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm not going to do that. That's hard. I'm not going to read through the Bible. That's hard. You know, I'm not going to tell somebody about Jesus. That makes me uncomfortable. Well, guess what, soldier? When you're in the battle, things are going to get uncomfortable. When you're in the battle, sometimes things might get painful. You're going to have people, they're going to be working against you. Unfortunately, folks, we're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to do good. But you know, there's people that would like to stop that because there's evil people out there. Not everybody is basically good. I don't care how many movies you've seen where they teach that. Okay, There are some people that are pure evil and there's no good in them. And I know you've been desensitized because even Darth Vader, who blew up a planet, had some good in him that his son sensed and killed the Emperor at the end. But folks, that's Hollywood. Darth Vader was a reprobate. He blew up a planet. All right, I'm sorry, but that, just, that, that, that kind of propaganda, just, it makes me mad. And people fall for it. Alright? And Baptists have fallen for that kind of stuff. And they think that spiritually speaking, Darth Vaders are gonna are gonna turn around and get saved and end up being good. And they won't even they won't even run a Darth Vader out of their church. And they wonder why their church is a mess. And I know that's a very carnal illustration, but I think it's a fitting illustration. And you know what? It's one that probably all of you get. Because you're all just as carnal too. <laughs> so but it says, endure hardness. As a good soldier, no man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a good soldier. So, we're, we're supposed to be a soldier. We're supposed to endure hardness. And think about this: if God said things are going to wax worse and worse, which is what He did, I read the verse: "All the live God in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse." Okay. I'm going to show you. I believe that this easily offended society is something that Satan has been working on for a long time. I believe this. I believe he has been conditioning us to get offended by the smallest things, and I think he has successfully gotten churches 
to not be offensive at all, even though Jesus Christ is a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. We've got a bunch of trendies out there doing everything they can to make the Gospel not offensive when the Gospel is an offense. Jesus is a rock of offense. There is, there's a reason for this. And I believe Satan has been very successful in this. Because it's, it, people do, they, when you start thinking about the end times and you start thinking about the tribulation, you start thinking about all the people that are going to be getting killed during that time. It's like, you know, you look in the United States especially, it's like, man, we are, it doesn't seem like we're very close to that. We don't see any Christians getting killed right now. You know, I mean, yeah, CNN said something bad about us. You know, Rachel Maddow, you know, offended me by something she said about Christians, whatever. But we're not being killed yet. So surely, surely a lot more needs to happen before things really get going. Well, listen, the devil, he's a tricky fella. I actually think this is by design, okay? Because the Bible says, evil men seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise into salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So think about it. The Bible said things are evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse. Okay? I, I think right now they are as effective as they have ever been before. But yet people think, well, it's not that bad, especially in the United States. Because you know we don't see a lot of Christians being killed, but I personally think that's part of the plan. Because what is Satan's plan? Satan wants to offend, doesn't he? And notice how Jesus he warned the disciples. He said, "Hey, all these difficult things are going to come your way." And he said, "I'm telling you these things so you will not be offended." He told him, "In me have peace, but in the world ye shall have tribulation." That's what he told them. Well, guess what? In this generation this soft, weak generation in churches, guess what they've been taught? They've been taught tribulation is the wrath of God. They've been taught that you know, we're never going to go through tribulation. You know, we're just waiting for Jesus to come before things start getting too bad. That's what they've been taught. Well, at the same time they've been being taught that, they've also gotten away from hard preaching. They've gotten away from preaching anything offensive. They got away from preaching anything that might make people feel bad producing the weakest, softest, laziest bunch of believers there's ever been. And think about it. If the most difficult time that's ever going to come is going to be effective, wouldn't it be better if you get everybody weak and soft first? Because think about it. If Satan, he's planning this mass deception, this great falling away, why would he be killing us right now? Because that's just going to toughen us up. Okay, if we're actually getting real physical persecution, you know what we're going to do? We're going to start toughening up. But he's not toughening us up before the big showdown. You know what he's doing? He's softening us up. And folks, he has succeeded. When it comes to the average Christian today and the average church, they are not ready. We should be trying to produce the strongest Christians that there ever been, but we're not. We're producing a generation of preachers that are saying, you know, don't be offensive. Don't ever call anybody names. Even though Jesus called people names. Even though the Apostle Paul called people names. Even though John the Baptist called people names. But those guys can't do it. Or those guys did it, but I can't. Why? Well, it's offensive. Oh, so it wasn't offensive when Jesus called the Pharisees a generation of vipers? Or when John the Baptist did? 
You know, it was it wasn't offensive. Yeah, it was offensive when they did it too. But you know what? It was the truth. And we, you know, it, the law it was offensive. People didn't like those things. And unfortunately, we see today that people have been conditioned to just trip up at every little thing. That is our culture. That is churches today. And offenses are definitely not a new new thing, but they do seem to more affect be more effective than ever today. And the Satan has not used bigger offenses to trip us up. He's using smaller ones. He's using smaller things because you know when you're if you're training to lift weights and lift a lot of weight, you know you start out small and you slowly work up, right? And that makes you stronger. Well, the toughest persecution is coming. So what Satan has done instead of giving us you know heavier and heavier persecution, you know what he's done? He's given us weaker and weaker persecution. And we are not even conditioned to do the little one and a half pound dumbbells, you know, the ladies using their aerobics, you know. And we've got, you know, the big, you know, massive ones coming our way, and we're not going to know what to do when it comes. Why? Because we have gone right along with the culture, and we've got this attitude: nothing should be offensive to me. That preacher mate said something that made me feel bad. I'm done. Is that how you were raised? Well, if you grew up in this, my generation, that's probably how you were raised. Thankfully, my parents didn't raise me that way. My parents were offensive. You know, they, they, they made me deal with things that I didn't like dealing with. But you know what? Unfortunately today, churches have gotten away from that. and we've got, we've got to stay strong. We've got to keep doing the right thing. And I, believe the devil is, I believe the devil is using smaller things to defeat us today as a way to condition us you know, in a way to where we're not going to be able to handle the big things that are to come. I believe that's I believe that's a part of his plan, and I be, believe it is very effective. And we've got to learn from these things. We've got to learn from these old-fashioned principles in the Word of God, so we will not be offended by the offensive. Because guess what, folks? They're coming. The offenses are going to come, and these little ones right now. You better learn how to overcome these little things. You better you better learn how to overcome. You know, hard preaching. You better learn how to overcome just, you know, the hardness as a good soldier. You better learn how to overcome somebody in the news media saying something against you or against our church. You better learn to overcome those things because bigger things are coming and I want to succeed when those things come. I want to defeat those things and we can. We have Jesus Christ on our side as long as we don't let them. And when you do, when we let the things of this world offend us, I believe it looks to God the same way it did when I was letting Allie offend me from doing what I needed to do. I should have been, you know, I shouldn't have any trouble getting through her. And you know what? We've got Jesus Christ on our side. The things of this world shouldn't stop us. And don't let us. So with that, let's pray, dear Lord. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the strength that you give us and the help that you give us. And Lord, we pray you'll help us to learn how to overcome these things. Help us not to be soft like the rest of the society. Help us to be overcomers. Help us to endure hardness. Help us to be able to uh, just take the challenges that come our way and be successful through you. In your name we pray. Amen.